Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I'm joined by Vin Clancy. Vin, thank you so much for joining us. It is uh, my pleasure in the deepest recesses of my heart to be here. Well, I know our audience is certainly going to enjoy this one. Let's talk about where where your marketing background started from. Sure. So um, my marketing background started out of the desperation to change my life. I, I barely knew what the word meant. I was on welfare four years ago, living uh, off the government. They gave me $100 a week to live on. And I felt like I had to do something. So I had an idea to start an online magazine. I had business experience. Uh, I was not, you know, an ongoing entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I was living in a tiny room in East London. So I thought, you know, how could this work? And I saw one person who was in the magazine industry. And I said to her, what should I do? She said, just focus on traffic. If you get traffic, you will get investors, you will get brands who want to be on the site. So I, I accidentally learned what a KPI was that day. So I called up every university in the country that did English or journalism, and I said, hey, you should write for us. We're going to be the coolest magazine in the country. Can't pay you, but you're going to get a good platform to write on, and we're going to make you better writers. Within uh, 14 days, we had 25,000 visitors in a week on the site because we had an article go viral. Uh, within six months, we had 300,000 visitors a month. So I was on welfare building this from my bedroom on like rack space, free servers. Uh, so it was like a mental mission. And then we raised a quarter million dollars and I got to come off welfare. So what does that mean? I learned that secret source is everything. If you can turn that traffic tap on, then you know everything can change. So I scaled up Planet Ivy to a million visitors a month. I built a second site, Screen Robot, was also a written content site, uh, but this was about film and gaming. Got that to a million visitors a month. I got into the Techstars Accelerator uh, ahead of 1,500 other teams. We then launched a growth hacking agency where I started to use all the special skills I'd learned for other companies. I won Best Speaker at South by Southwest V2V. So I was uh, consulting with a lot of companies and then had a lot of people who couldn't afford to pay me. And I was just like, that's the way it is. You know, I don't know what to do with that. Until uh, my friend Austin Allred said, why don't we write a book on growth hacking? No good resources out there. I was like, that is a good point. So we wrote that and we raised uh, $100,000 in pre-orders uh, before the book was even finished with 
zero PR, zero paid ads, zero influencers. You know, to a certain extent, it's because they're good marketers. But to another, there was just good information out there. It's slightly better now, especially the proliferation of a few good Facebook groups. But um, there's just so little good information out for marketers. Now, I end up telling people I'm working with, uh, it's your fault that, you know, your company isn't doing well because your marketing isn't doing well. 50% of the people, they just don't know what they're talking about. They're just reading off other blogs. And the other 50% never give you the secret source because they want you to hire them for huge amounts of money to, you know, work at your company. So there's a kind of conspiracy on where the marketers don't give out the good information. So just by doing that, we've kind of uh, dominated growth hacking space. And in addition to the book, I just did a 100-day world tour speaking about growth hacking. So I, I truly become a growth hacking evangelist, again, kind of completely by accident, because I came across this stuff by accident and then studied it in my bedroom. And then uh, luckily someone said, do you want to give a talk in public? I never really done it, but uh, it was powerful. And everyone asked to hire me. I said, oh, I see. This is how I could get leads from my agency. So that's kind of where I've begun. And then most recently, I've launched the fastest growing growth hacking group on Facebook. It's called Traffic and Copy. And every day I do posts about traffic. My co-founder, Charlie Price, does posts about copywriting. And that's really been my main focus, creating the best resource uh, for growth hacking and copywriting on the internet. And you know, every single day we get messages from people going, thank you so much for you know the posts you do. Uh, you know, we've had inspirational posts from people who have been in prison, people who have been homeless. Like, it's not just a case of, you know, we make money from this. It's like genuinely touching people. You know, a lot of the other marketers in the space, they can only get any sort of visibility by uh, hitting you with ads all day long. They don't have fans. And like with people like me and my mentor, Dan Meredith, you can really tell that, uh, you know, we're touching people on multiple levels. So I, I really believe that you have to create a connection. And that means people need to know about you, not just the latest techniques. You know, I write about sexual frustration or loneliness or the strangeness of being on tour half the year and then uh, staying with parents the other half, as I have been recently. So I, I really believe that in the modern age, none of us are doing anything that unique. If they don't buy from me, there's 10 other people they can buy from, and that goes from basically every company. So people really have to like you as a person, which is why I'm a big advocate of everyone becoming a personality brand. You know, the old content marketing system was broken. You would try and email loads of blogs and try and get on. You'd try and get PR, and then if you didn't have the luck or you didn't word things in the right way, they just said no to you or ignored you. Now, with the growth of Facebook groups, you can own that community and your messages can get pushed to people by the Facebook algorithm every day. And that, to me, was the difference that really turned me on to content marketing. And it's something I'd really recommend. Absolutely. So just so our audience is on the same page, give us your definition of what growth hacking is. Sure. Growth hacking is getting a lot done with very few resources. And then some would say, well, that just sounds like guerrilla marketing. And it is to a certain extent. It's finding a competitive advantage. Uh, finding a way of getting to people that other people can't think of, using a distribution channel in effect, in an effective way. So why is it growth hacking and not innovative marketing? Because in the web 3.0 age, we're all addicted to our screens. So a message can go 
viral, so to speak. I don't like that word, but um, a message can get passed around a lot of screens very, very, very quickly uh, using growth hacking techniques. Growth hacking could just be innovative referrals like the Uber. Uh, invite a friend to Uber, you both get $20, which is a, like a famous growth hack. But growth hacking could be anything that gets your message out there without you doing the work. In most good growth hacks, the user does the work. There's uh, some growth hacks you can carry out yourself, such as cold emailing. But for the most part, you want to create a viral effect where people are inviting their friends to use your product or people are talking about your product so that the word goes out there. So talk to me about this group that you've built on Facebook, Traffic and Copy. How did it start and you know how, how has it grown? There was a kid who apparently met me at one of my talks, but a lot of people say that, you know, I, I, I say hello to a lot of people. This is why I stopped shaking hands, because I started to feel like Bernie Sanders. I do the fist bumps instead. Anyway, this kid, was like, I met you at my talk. We should build a Facebook group. And I, was like, I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, I don't know. And he, he kept calling me. I was like, well, look, I, I don't know if I want to do this. It's a good idea. And I was like, fine. I'm meeting my fashion designer in Brick Lane, and then I have a meeting in Old Street. It's like a 15-minute walk between both. I said, I permit you to meet me while I walk from one meeting to the other. If I realized how important this guy was, I would have given him more respect. I was just like, fine. It's just like this like, 20-year-old kid emailing me. So he they like, in that walk, and I ended up meeting him late. So, All right, tell me about group. And by the end of it, I was like, fine. It sounds interesting. Let's set it up and do it. And oh, my God, I'm glad I did. So with my Facebook group, I finally had a place to be a writer. So now I'd been a writer, I'd been a music journalist, you know, I did some writing on my magazines, uh, I'd written copy for brands, but uh, I'd never been a writer consistently because I um, had written on places that are in in post and nothing really happens. You write it on there, you feel good, you get like a hundred new Twitter followers and that's it. And when you write into a Facebook group, you get immediate feedback, immediate likes, shares and comments. So it really encourages you to write more. What this means is you're getting in front of your target prospect every single day, not just once a week if you're email newsletter or once a month if they come and see you talk. Every single day you are front and center of your customer's mind. So if you have, uh, you know, domain expertise, you can become an export authority without ever having to be in Forbes and entrepreneur and all that really difficult stuff that involves other humans. For a Facebook group, you just got to show up and write content. So that is an amazingly different way of um, creating a connection with your customer because you are now in control of the game. If you're doing PR or content marketing, there's other people involved. So if you can create a Facebook page or group and get the word out, uh, you're in a great position. Now, if you're saying, well, what about a blog? What's the difference between that and a blog? The difference with a blog is you've got to drag people off Twitter, Facebook, and Google and get them onto your site. This is hard to do. Very few people can do it. It has a very steep learning curve. But guess what? We're all stuck on Facebook all day, every day anyway. No one escapes it. So you don't have to have all that architecture. All you need to do is to be producing content that gets a few likes, shares, and comments. Uh, and you're going to be getting into people's feeds. So traffic and copy we built. And it scaled to like 20,000 members within six months. It's been a runaway success. And, you know, I hire all my staff out of this group. I've ended up getting a lot of clients out of this group. You know, I made friends out of this group. Like so much has happened. Uh, and it's been, to a certain extent, not much effort. You know, like, uh, you know, I've, I've made money, but I can't say it was effortless to make money. 
doing uh, meetings and do all that sort of stuff. This was just like fun, you know. You show up, you write something, you show up, you reply to a few people. It's like the way we all like to derp on our own Facebook. But the more you do it here, uh, the bigger your brand gets, the more opportunities come your way. So yeah, I think it's an amazing white space very few marketers are taking advantage of. Would you recommend for any new startups that are looking to potentially launch their, their product or piece of technology to begin investing into their community to start building out like a Facebook page or a community like this? So if you're a free app that needs millions of users, a Facebook group is not going to save you. You're going to need something like influencers or major app store optimization. Uh, in order to get the viral effect, uh, in order to get, you know, the hundreds of thousands of downloads needed. What I say to startups who have a lot of low-priced people, such as software as a service, is your group shouldn't be your primary aspect of getting customers. It's an amazing community to host um, all the people who are interested in what you're doing. So people try and have communities off Facebook, it's just too hard. You can't drag them off. So whatever your product is, you know, building a community around it on Facebook, where you could have, you know, customer service, people could ask questions in the group, maybe surprise how often other people in the group answer those questions, saving your staff time. You can do QA, you can uh, give away things, you can build email lists out of the group, you can ask the group, what do you think we should develop next? You can have this amazing connection. So that's where I see it fitting in for startups. You know, for startups generally looking for users, I think cold email is going to be one of the best ways of doing that. You know, software I recommend for that is find that lead. Just works amazingly with um, websites like LinkedIn in order to find business contacts to start relationships with. So um, yeah, I think find that lead is one of the best pieces of growth hacking software uh, if you're just starting out. Solid nugget of advice there, Vin. Let's uh, let's talk about your Indiegogo campaign and the secret sauce book. I mean, what what, what happened there? What's the background on the book? Sure. So the the key to that campaign was the pre-launch viral queue, which I recommend all startups do when they're launching. So that is, rather than when people come to our landing page, we say, great, thanks for your email, we'll let you know when we launch. You know, that's, they were really excited about the product and you just given them a dead end. When people came to our landing page and said they were interested uh, in the book, we put them in a viral queue, so you're in 500th place. To move further up the queue, like our Facebook page, share this on Facebook. Uh, invite your friends to like this by email, you know, and join this uh, viral queue. Follow us on Twitter, etc. And every time they did that, they won a few points. Why did they want to win points? Because at the top, there was free consulting time with me. There were free webinars. There were free books. So we had people fighting it out in order to get to the top of that queue. And for everyone they shared it with, we're just getting free users. Now, we're growth hackers, so we didn't pay for traffic. But if we had been paying for traffic, we would have drastically lowered our cost per acquisition. So having a viral queue is amazing. I would use Q-A-T, Q-U-E-U-E-A-T.com, like the best viral queue software in the world. I recommend that for anyone launching. That's what we use. We had thousands of people waiting on day one for the book because of this queue. Uh, so then we launched and we made something like $20,000 in the first day. Uh, I forget the exact amount. But um, yeah, it was just like amazing. And bear in mind, we'd never launched anything before, uh, me or Austin. Uh, we'd never done internet marketing before. We used our email list before. I emailed ever emailed. In fact, I'm pushing towards $150,000 now. So yeah, an absolutely amazing launch. 
yeah, so that viral cue was key, you know. No big influencers shout out. I mean, no, no influencers outright shouted us out. We had a, you know, a lot of small places like co-working spaces. They would give us an email list shout out, but nothing major, uh, no major press. Yeah, just all hustle social media and email lists. You know, a lot can happen if you just hustle a very small community and get them excited about what you're doing. Absolutely. No, we're uh, solid proponents of the Q technology software. We're big fans of Joe and his team out there. We use it for all of our pre-launch. So uh, killer, killer tech right there. Again, another solid nugget for the community. So let's talk about the, the Indiegogo campaign itself. What, what do you think made your decision of launching on Indiegogo other than you know launching it on Kickstarter, for instance? So we actually did both. So we started on Kickstarter. And then when the Kickstarter ended, we moved it to Indiegogo in demand. So it was an ongoing campaign. So we wanted to get the best of both worlds. What made you decide Kickstarter uh, over Indiegogo to launch? Kickstarter has bigger network effects than Indiegogo. It has more users, thus it has more people who could see it on the Explore page. So I think we made the top 20 in the technology section. You know, it's a very niche product. It's not like a fidget spinner or a fidget cube <laughs> or any fidget product. I, I think uh, there's it, too it, many uh, of those out there already, right? Pardon? I think there's too many fidget spinners out there already on crowdfunding, no? Yeah, but it, so it doesn't be novelty items you make the top of the front page on the explore section. But yeah, so like we more than made, you know, debit card costs back plus a big chunk of change on top from Kickstarter. So yeah, so doing it on Kickstarter should, if your product's anyway decent, you're going to get, they, you know, they're going to get a chunk of change from them. In fact, for most fiscal, like normal-ish products that have mass appeal, it's between 30% and 50% extra you'll get from Kickstarter's internal community. So that is phenomenal. You know, that, that really is the key to why you'd want to do it on Kickstarter versus anywhere else. And I think Indiegogo would be similar, especially if you're doing hardware. But yeah, Kickstarter also legitimizes a launch, I find. You know, people see it and they're like, oh, you know, I trust Kickstarter for my credit card, for instance. You know, I've bought things on Kickstarter before. So I think that adds uh, a really great sheen of, you know, believability, why people should work with you over others. So, yeah, I, I really recommend it. And, you know, there's strong rumors I'm going to be doing another one soon, too. <laughs> well, that brings up an interesting point I'll ask you, then. I mean, do you think there is a, a trust, trust and safety concern with crowdfunding products out there now? <laughs> because no one, because they keep being failed to deliver. <laughs> Sadly, People don't even expect them to be on time anymore. I was reading recently. People just expect they're going to be months late and they still buy. So yeah, they, it is what it is. And you, you get a lot of people who it's their first business. So they, you know, they are going to make mistakes and you get people saying oh, they shouldn't be doing it. You know, it's a disgrace. And I'm like, you know, everyone is going to make mistakes on their first entrepreneurial venture. So, like, I, I'm not going to hate on them for doing that. They, you know, they they do their best. It's it's always the people moaning at the back who never do anything. You know, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it, it is what it is. Yeah, like I, I I like anyone doing entrepreneurial venture and yeah, trying to do big things. So, what do you? What was the biggest takeaway that you learned through the whole process of launching your crowdfunding campaign? That's a really good question. <laughs> like, you know, I love to give specific hacks, but. You know, the first thing that came to my head when you said that, you know, is always going to be the first thing I say. It's just like the possibility the internet gives you to kind of change your life and, and do big things and like believe in what what is possible. 
you know, up to that point, I was, I was, you know, I, I like to say I was running a growth hacking consultancy, and I was, but I was a consultant. You know, I, I wasn't a personal brand then. I wasn't. I, I don't even just like like traveling the world then. I like, and that was like I can make money outside of just consulting. You know, I, I had kind of Ivy Screen Robot, and I, you know, I kind of had my fingers burned by that startup thing. And after that, I started to uh, build a community. I started to write a lot more, and uh, yeah, I'm in a position now where like life is so fun. You know, I've just done a hundred day speaking world tour in like thirty nine cities around the world. So yeah, so I just think like the possibility of the internet really came through with that Kickstarter for specific growth hacks for what works. Yeah, the, the viral queue is going to be the main one and the very top customer service. We reply to everyone who signed up. And I think we gave them a free gift. Um, we had our intern constantly monitoring it. Um, and we knew that some cards would fail on uh, the deadline day. So we uh, emailed everyone immediately saying, hey, this card failed. Try another card to try and get that as low as possible. Um, uh, I did a webinar on it. Uh, if anyone emails me, then uh, at clancy.com I'll send you a webinar on Ireland. Yeah, we'll make sure to include a link to it as well. Uh, Vin lets us. Uh-huh. All right, well, this gets us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a few questions at you. You good to go? Yeah. So what inspired you to become a growth hacker? Uh, just desperation of being broke. I, I didn't know what being a growth hacker was, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I was just desperate and uh, yeah, this really changed my life. So if you could have a, a beer with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? <laughs> oh, wow. What a great question. Um, I, I guess I'm going to... I don't really lionize or, or think about entrepreneurs too much. So uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say Steve Jobs, Captain Office. Oh, well. All right. Well, what would have been your first question for Steve? Again, my first question would be real generic. You know, what, you know, you talk a lot about bozos, winners and losers. Can you elaborate on, um, you know, how to build a team and what to look out for? But I'm kind of lame and he's probably answered that elsewhere. But yeah, I, I just think spending time with him and absorbing his knowledge would be amazing. But yeah, how you tell the difference between winners and losers, uh, and your advice you'd give to someone growing a company. What book would you recommend to our audience to read? The 48 Laws of Power. Uh, the best book ever written on human psychology. And uh, that was the one book I read on welfare that if I would go to meetings and I'd be like, ah, he's trying to do this to me. I'm going to do this in return to counter it. So, yeah, if you're trying to raise money or you want to go and work at a big company, they are going to play power games with you. So it just teaches you how to be aware of them, how to counter them, and how to have the upper hand in power struggles. Where do you see yourself in five years? Los Angeles. I, I, I believe I'll be running a company which is disrupting Hollywood or in the entertainment space. But uh, what I do changes every six or 12 months, but uh, I'll be in Los Angeles. Last question, Vin. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? Oh, wow. That's such an interesting question. I, I, would hope that, I would hope that equity crowdfunding actually increases. They've, you know, they, they made that law last year, but so far there's not been that much equity crowdfunding. Now, I don't know what the missing step is. And, you know, the old joke is if you need money from equity crowdfunding, that means no one's real will actually invest in you. I, I'd really like to see it uh, go mainstream and people of all ages 
you know, uh, older people in their 50s, single moms, veterans, in that anyone can use crowdfunding uh, and create amazing things to change people's lives. And, yeah, I, I would hope that would go mainstream. As do I. Well, Vin, this has been awesome. This is your time to give our audience your pitch, tell them what you're all about, where people should go, uh, and how they can learn more about you. Sure. I teach people how to stand out in crowded marketplaces. It doesn't matter how good you are. And, you know, as ever, there's probably 10 people doing the same thing as you. So I teach you how to stand out. And then I teach you specific growth hacks, strategies, and methods in order to get that message out to as many people as possible. My website is vinclancy.com, V-I-N-C-L-A-N-C-Y.com. Right now, uh, I have put the one secret to owning the Facebook algorithm uh, and 26 other hacks to instantly increase your Facebook reach. That's on my website right now. Um, check out my Facebook group, Traffic and Copy, T-R-A-F-F-I-C-A-N-D-C-O-P-Y, for daily growth hacks. Um, and, uh, yeah, I hope to talk to you all about growth hacking. You look me up on Google, Vin Clancy, you're going to see a lot of my stuff, and I think you'll find it really helpful. Well, Vin, I know our audience is going to find this really helpful, so thank you again. Audience, thank you, of course, for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the show notes, the full transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And, of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Vin, thank you so much for being on the show today. Cool. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.